Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Pod of the Gaps, the podcast that seeks to plug the gaps between the church and the culture. My name is Aaron Edwards and I'm joined by Andy Bannister, the great and uh, we're talking today about an interesting Reached. topic, aren't we? But I, I was actually the great. Well, you know, you're kind of great. You're great to some. I do, and I like, to, I like, and I like to great cheese. Does that count uh, as, as great? Yes, that's kind of what I was. I, mean, I meant really that your joke, great on me. That's right. That's yes. it. the the pun. The puns that great. The, pun, like the puns the ties that, that bind. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Um, I was uh, late, of course, to get that. Yes, you were very late for this know, recording. Not I was very late for this one. had to grate cheese for 20 minutes waiting for you to... What <laughs> exactly. happened? You, you were thinking of puns the whole time. I was thinking yeah. of puns. Well, well this, it turns uh, out that you, I think the story you're about to share is a nice kind of link to our theme for today. So It is, but we're, why, we're straight you, in with the segue. It's good. Why, why, why are you with the segue. So we were obviously, uh, we, we know we're doing something about fatherhood today. We did our previous episode on on the kind of general sense of um, of fatherhood and, and the loss of that in society and the church, etc. And today we're kind of getting more, more practical. What are fathers for? What do fathers do? And I'm late because um, I'm having to do some fathering <laughs> early in the morning. All morning I've been dealing with discipline issues with my children that so, to this extent it delayed me by an hour, over an hour, I think. No, maybe about an hour uh, back and forth as these things never quite uh, resolve themselves as quickly as you like to. I was just sharing with someone before how some of the, some of the things you uh, how you try to resolve situations between siblings who squabble um, you might have a formula that works one uh, for a certain amount of time and then you think this is my go to thing it always works so that actually no it doesn't that God has a new a new thing for you to <laughs> to to try and deal with so I'm kind of like almost getting annoyed at them like stop I'm, I'm, I need to go and have a go and record my podcast on fatherhood <laughs> so I'm going to, have to neglect you now so it's like ah oh, better not. I'll, uh, so I have to do the do the hard yards this morning, and uh, I think it's resolved. We'll see when I go home later whether they're at each other's throats again. But we'll see. Yes, exciting. Well, we, um, of course, not in, our that house, exciting. We, in our house, we never have sibling issues. My my son and my daughter never um never argue. And uh, one of the things interesting, actually, seriously, is that um, they they sort of fight in slightly different ways. So one of the patterns that often happens in our house is my daughter. Uh, will you know is very good at pressing my son's buttons. So she'll do verbal kind of niggling. She'll say little things uh, in such a way that she's often got plausible deniability, and she'll do enough of this that then suddenly Chris will explode in a boy-like way, and will often explode kind of physically or throw something or break something, and uh, and then my daughter will go, ah, oh, yeah, look, he's 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 being he's being horrible, and then you sort of backtrack down, and you find that he's had half an hour of her going yeah, on at him, yeah. teasing him and winding him up, and then suddenly the the, the blue touch paper's gone. And one of the things we've we've had to learn in our house, actually, I've had to learn as a, as, 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 as a dad, is in terms of that disciplining of going to make sure that I'm not harder on him because he's made more noise and explosiveness in what's happened. But actually, she's also been been a little monster. Yeah. We had a really good... Absolutely. I, I'm not sure I th- I'm a, if I'm a proud parent for, for doing this or this is an example of parental failure. Uh, Aaron, I'll confess this live on air, and then um, listeners can decide. Oh yes, this is this is listeners. This is an amazing story. But oh, it's amazing. It, I, I just want to say I resonate with um, what you were saying about the, uh, the 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 boys. It goes back to the boys are defective girls, as they're yes. often seen in school, because boys have a more aggressive, physically aggressive posture, and girls tend to um, know how to use other dark arts to get their way. But we, so we, I often compare, I compare it to my children, to Lady and the Tramp, the old Disney school, the, the film when uh, Disney used to be good uh, before it was woke. 
And they, Lady the Trump, there's those Siamese cats that kind of... Mm, that's right. ...quite evilly, cunning and conniving and cause the, the, the I think, dog... And, and also, the, actually, this is even really inappropriate. Then there's the, the rat later on. I don't think quite the same posture. But the Siamese cats are the kind of manipulative ones. Uh, you see yeah. back there in trouble. And they're falling on the floor. Oh, we're really hurt. We're terrible. The horrible dog attacked us. Um, and so that's kind of often thing with boys and girls. Anyway, go on. Into your... Anyway, this my, is a, my, this my, my this story. This is a great story. <laughs> I'm not sure it's I don't think this is good for you. I don't know if this makes you look great or not, but it, it's. Uh, I don't think it does, story. but I think it's interesting to show sometimes where, you know, that confess we are human in our parenting. So we in our house have a, uh, we have a couple of Google cameras, little security system. And it's nice, there are other other brands available. So it's a really nice, cheap security system. We put these two, we've got one in the kitchen, one in the lounge. They save stuff to the cloud. So if ever we got broken into by somebody who came to steal my collection of FW Warren books or something, you know, we could <laughs> uh, look back at the video and say to the police, there, I recognize that bearded person from Derbyshire who's sucking through the camp. <laughs> um, anyway, on one occasion, my, my kids, a massive fight kicked off. They've been playing a board game together. It all been peace and harmony and the United Nations for half an hour. And then something went badly wrong. Yeah. And so, you know, my daughter would say, well, it's my son. Uh, it was Christopher's fault. He did this. She was going, no, no, no. It was her fault. She did this. And I, I just finally had enough. I, right. Okay. I've had enough. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pull up the footage from the security <laughs> camera in the lounge and the Google cam. And we're going to see who's telling the truth here. And I said, before I do that, does either of you want to tell your story? Because if I find out that one of you has not been telling me the truth, there'll be consequences. And both of them are like, no, 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 we don't. We, we, we're convinced, Dad. So anyway, I pulled up the security camera saying on my, on my phone. And uh, lo and behold, my daughter's version of reality, uh, of, of what had happened, did not quite correspond to reality. <laughs> And so there were consequences. Although it's funny, my daughter, who loves when reality and her view of the world clash, it's often reality has to bend. So even though it was literally in front of her in, in high resolution, she's like, well, no, no, that's not what happened. It's like, literally, sweetie, this is, it's there on the camera. And my son's going, yes, dad, I told you. So it's just interesting. So I'm not sure the digital it's an alternative parenting. reality. Yeah. Yes, I'm not sure whether digital parenting is something I'd recommend. I'm not sure if that's a proud moment or a. Oh, do, do you know what the next? Do, yeah, the, the next step to that, Andy, would be. I mean, bringing it into marital disputes. You just imagine yes, the argument. You might have an argument. Yeah. You said this earlier. I did not say it like that. I can tell you can say it like that. I have. I have evidence. What do you mean you have evidence? What are you talking about? I've been recording. The frightening thing is, I can see someone doing that for a, like Alexa or Siri that you'll be able to say, "Hey Alexa, can you remind me of exactly what I said to my wife?" You know, yesterday at three p.m. <laughs> and the tone with which it was said. The yeah. tone with which yeah. it was. <laughs> <laughs> the other thought I had was with facial recognition, the next thing for some app developer is to bring in sort of facial recognition and there's an argument developing. And then the, uh, you know, the, your Google can yeah. pipe up and go, it looks like the children are about to have an argument and they can notify both parents. <laughs> you know. Well, you could do heart rate monitoring, couldn't you? There's a heart rate monitoring. The heart's Indeed. going up, right? Okay, I think there's something, the temperatures are boiling over. So anyway, yeah, all of that links in. We've kind of almost, almost like we've started at our point. You know, those of us, those of you who don't, those listeners, I know we do have some feedback some of those people who don't like us, you know, faffing around at the beginning before we get into the, the call. We got right into the details right away. We did. So, away. Jay John, if you're listening, we got yeah. right in. Jay John, come on, Jay John, give us some love. Um, so we're we're into fathering. What are what are fathers for? What do fathers do? What is it distinctive about fatherhood? We know why we know fathers matter, but mm. we often, um, as I, I was saying, at the end of the last episode, we, we think of fathers sometimes as just co-parents, as just another caregiver to their children. Well, is there a different kind of care that fathers give that mothers 
um, to, 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 than what mothers give? Do, uh, is there something inimitable and unique about what a father is supposed mm-hmm. to do, regardless of the fathers that we've been or seen in culture, in movies, in the world? What is the, the standard for fatherhood? So what we thought we would do for this episode is do something we've done on a, on a previous, uh, our New Year's resolution episodes we do all year. Those of you who are faithful listeners of Part of the Gaps will know that every year, or at least for the last two years, <laughs> we've done a live reveal of our of, of the top three things we think the church is going to be facing this year, or the biggest challenges um, for the church to think about this year, or leaders to think about, etc. Um, and this one, we're going to do our live reveal of three things we think that are, are foundational for what fathers are for, or what fathers do. So, um, I'll let you go first, Andy. Seeing as you are really ahead of the game, you're into technological surveillance of your children. You clearly know uh, what's going on here. So I'll let you go first, and I'll, and I'll go. We'll go. We'll go through our three. That will be the structure of this episode. It's actually structured. And we'll yes, see it's, it's very, very happens. exciting. And um, I, as I put my list together last night, I was reminded of that biblical verse about uh, you know all who come before me are thieves and robbers. Um, because occasionally, when we've done these lists, you know, a certain other podcast presenter has has like nabbed one or two of my things. So I've actually got five on my <laughs> list. So I've got some backups. Actually, Andy, uh, we have recordings of the conversation. And so we, I can refer you <laughs> to you know, minute, minute uh, 26. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. So here's the here's the first thing I, I put on my list in, in terms of, I think that's something that, that fathers mm. provide. And by the way, I think it is, it is important to say, we're not saying this is something only fathers provide, but it, fathers provide, I think, more of this is the way that dads do this. That is a unique contribution. And so the, fir- the first thing I was going to say is physicality. Um, so mm. I look at the way that, that, that Astrid and I relate to our kids, and especially to the especially to boys, this is important. So I look at my son particularly. You know, wrestling is a big thing for him. And that's a big thing, I think, for a lot mm. of boys, particularly with their dads. I mentioned in, in the, the previous episode, um, Warren Farrell's um, book, uh, The Boy yeah. Crisis. And he's got some good stuff in there on the way that dad, that, that men parent and why it's essential. And he talks a lot about what they call roughhousing mm. in the States. You know, it's really rough and yeah. tumbling yeah. with your kids. Not, a, not yeah. in a sort of way that, you know, hurts anybody, but there's a little bit of fear. There's a little bit of kind of getting physical. Mm. And then mm. I watched that with my son now. My daughter likes that too, and she likes a bit of a wrestle, and uh, she could be more the violent one, actually. If anyone's going to pull hair or stick fingers in eye sockets on my daughter. But my son, many a time, would just come through the door and just launch himself at me and loves to wrestle. You know, I'm away on a minister trip this week. I know when I walk through the door tomorrow, within a couple of minutes, Chris will go, Dad, can we wrestle? And I think that is something about the way that, um, that fathers relate to their kids. And by the way, that's not saying if you're listening to this, every dad has to do that. But I think if you look at the patterns of parenting, and I think there's something quite serious about that. There's a bonding thing there. You're mm. teaching, mm. You're to, you know, I'm teaching mm. my son how to use strength and to use it safely. Because part of my doing yeah. that with him being yes. eight, I don't exactly. hurt him, is knowing when to, yeah. when to stop. Actually, if, when we wrestle, it's more often I who get hurt more than he does because he doesn't know his limits. Mm. I think there's something mm. there modeling how you use that strength and men are more are stronger, considerably stronger than women. And so part of a job as, mm. as a dad is to model to your son, I think, how you can use strength well, how you can use it safely. Uh, but it also is a good thing. You don't go, oh, it's a bad thing to be strong. It's a fun thing to be strong if you use that well. Mm. So I think physicality yeah. is something that, that men, uh, fathers, mm. can bring um, particularly um, to the parenting exercise. Mm. That's that's a really, that's a great shout. And uh yeah, that's something, that, and I don't have that on my list. I, if it, I, I cheat on mine um, in the sense that I just have 
sub points that you know i have three technically inverted commas but really oh really to add a, so I, I might i try and i'd probably try and fit physicality into something else i'll say but i think well, that well, is I, I, exactly i'm glad right. i'm glad i got got it in first before you giving it as a headline i think that's a really good one because i do think and i think it's we should be you know we don't we shouldn't be too timid about saying i know that you know we we'll always have women listening to this and that they may go oh but i like to wrestle or something it's like okay fine but don't take away the stuff that dads like can do better and uniquely because it's important for men to have a role that's actually useful. So if you just say, oh, well, I'll, I'll just do that as well. Actually, no, just don't. Actually, it's quite good. Allow the dad to be the one who does the yeah. wrestling. He is going to be virtually always physically stronger. And there'll be not. it's not just about physicality. It's something about that, as you say, yeah. teaching them strength, teaching them how to be, t- teaching the boys how to be gentlemen how to know how to have their strength under control, teaching that even the girls um, that you are strong and that you can protect them. Um, there's, you know, this is really important. Yeah, stuff. I think it's it really is. And I think what's exactly interesting, right. I mean, it's, and it's interesting to say also teaching the kids that there are differences. And so, you know, it's yeah. occasionally, much less so now, but my son will occasionally try and, you know, when he was a little bit smaller, try and wrestle my wife. And Astrid mm. was very good at going, I, mm. I don't do wrestling, mate. <laughs> Go, and <laughs> dad, dad. Go and see your father. Yes, I had, <laughs> I had, I had a father's office. Yeah. minding my own business, and Chris would come through the door like a tall wheeler going, Mum said I need to come and wrestle. Woomph. <laughs> it's like, no, I do. Slams, I do that's it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, I think but, and also, a, there's, another element, there's another element to the physicality, isn't there, Andy? Like, for, for the girls... I, and also the boys, because the boys, you want to hug them as well. You want to be physically affectionate. And yes. it's really important for daughters. Like there's often a case for daughters who end up in their teen and student years and 20s um, going to other guys because they didn't get the affection from their yes. father. And that does mean physical affection. Obviously, we're not talking about sexual affection. We're not talking about the kind of fathers who overstep that in an in, in, in abusive way. I'm just talking about lots of hugs lots of lots of physical contact in a loving affectionate way so they know that they are loved and they can feel that they are loved in the in, in an appropriate fatherly way um, and that's really important because often it can be the case that it's easy to do that with girls when they are really young like toddler age because they're so cute and cuddly and you can pick them up and they're, they're, they're so willing they're desperate to have your affection mm. um, and I think sometimes it can get and I don't I haven't faced this yet because I'm my eldest is my eldest daughter is eleven, mm. um, nearly twelve, and it. I think when it gets to teenagerdom, some fathers then go, "Oh, I don't want to look like I'm. It's weird, so I don't want to hug too much." But actually, it's really, really important. I've heard lots of testimonies of girls who then go, "I wish my dad hugged me when I was a teenager more. It felt like he cut himself off, probably because he was worried about." any kind of weirdness that would come with that. So actually physical affection in a fatherly way, reminding your daughters yes. that you love them, you're think, for them. Yeah. That's so vital as well. I think you're right. And there's a, uh, I remember reading when I became a dad the kind of first time, because my, my daughter's my, my firstborn. She's, she's a year younger than your oldest. My daughter's 10. Um, mm-hmm. Shortly after I became a dad, someone gave me a wonderful book by an American um, uh, sort of counselor, I think, for family therapist called Meg Mika, called Strong Father, Strong Daughters brilliant book actually mm. put a link to it in the show notes really good for fathers to read and that's got some great stuff in there and i remember that being one of her points actually that very point mm. of going don't 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 back away obviously don't be weird and creepy but don't yeah, back yeah, away because yeah, yeah. actually teens they need it and the other point she made in that mm. book that really struck me is that point you made a moment ago too with you know as dads we worry about the kind of guys that our daughters will end up mm. with every father mm. does well mm. the best mm. way research after research after research shows that when you are really actively involved in their lives and you're an active engaged father and also when you model in your relationship with your wife 
what a good yeah. man we talked in the last yeah. show about the, about being what it means to be a good guy what that looks like <clears throat> what you need to be doing is modeling to your daughter the kind of man that you wanted to end up with and study after study yes. shows that daughters will often end up with guys like their fathers and if you're an absent guy or you're yeah. a nightmare or you're toxic yeah. all those terrible things that definitely mm-hmm. exist that you are sewing a pattern that your daughter will end up going for that because that's what mm. you've imprinted. So, mm. so as a challenge, yes, but also an awesome responsibility and an awesome privilege yeah. of trying to model. Okay, yeah. what does what does biblical masculinity? What is good use of strength? Mm. You know, what does it look like mm. to be someone who you know loves mm. and supports your spouse? Look like so that your daughter will grow up going right. That's what I I want because I've seen it mm. in the home. So Absolutely. yeah, partly there. Yeah, it's a call for guys to man up a little bit and and lean into mm. that. Well, we've got 22 minutes left. We've got a hard stop at half past 11. So we haven't. We need to get on so to how you. How hard is this stop? Right, Pretty okay. hard. I've got can, we, can we soften that hard stop? Can we get, have we got any, any Fergie time, any injury time? Yeah, we'll, we'll not really. Right. Otherwise, there'll so, be complaints. So not- where is Andy Bannister? The podium is waiting for him at the oh, conference. Dear. He's not there. He's talking to uh, Aaron Edwards. So anyway, that was my <laughs> number like, one. Like, okay, right, right. So, so the number one is, I would say, judge wisely. Fathers judge wisely. Now, again, I think you mentioned earlier, you know, clearly mothers have to make judgments and be wise. But I think there's a sense of where does the buck stop? It should stop with the authority figure in the house. And that's the head of the household, which is uh, the father. And again, those of you listening go, oh, that's controversial. It is not controversial. Fathers are the heads of their household. Go and read the Bible. Um, Don't try and get out of it. Um, And you can either be a, a good head or a bad head. Okay, so you can be a passive father who doesn't really take up the responsibilities that are appropriate for his headship that God's given him. Or you can be one of those ones who wants to look like you're a feminist and impress the feminists around you and go, well, I, I can really. And then, oh, I'm, I'm sharing it now. I'm sharing the headship because she's so good at making decisions. Well, great. Um, that's like, you know, I don't, I don't mean don't delegate certain responsibilities, but you are the head, the buck stops with you. So you need to make wise judgments. And that doesn't mean um, creating arbitrary rules. I've heard lots of, fa- of lots of fathers who are overbearing in their authority because mm. they so know the idea that they're the head and that they have to be in charge that they make all these arbitrary rules that come back to bite them. You know, and like, we're all guilty of this. And I was, even this morning, you know, sometimes when you, you can threaten something sometimes, if you do this, I'm going to take away this. And in your head, you might think, I'm not really going to do that because that would be horrendous and consequential. Whatever. Or that, and the thing that I'm taking away is actually going to help their behavior improve. Um, but sometimes you just threaten it in a moment, and that's an unwise judgment. I've made many unwise judgments as a father where I've either angrily reacted or hot-headedly reacted to something or just in the heat of a moment said something, Not whether it's an aggressive thing or really more whether I've said something which is um, not going to be wise longer term. Um, like I said, like creating a rule that actually doesn't really help. Mm. And so I think you do need to set rules and boundaries. That will be one of my later points. Um, but um, I think judging wisely is really, really key because there has to be a mm. sense of authority. There has to be a sense of go to your father. That's the kind of the buck stops with him. So when, yes, absolutely, mothers will be involved in all sorts of discipline. My wife does so much discipline. That, but I've had to tell her actually and help her really to take the burden off her to say, I don't want you to be doing the heavy-handed discipline, the kind of stuff that's really serious. I want you to just send them to me, even though that's incredibly inconvenient because you're kind of working away and then you might get three or four interruptions within the same hour. But then I have to remember, I did say that. I told Molly, send them to me. I don't want you to have have that massive 
burden of, di- of discipline. That, that, and that means that I have to then be self-ruled and self-controlled so that I'm not just, I'm not flying off the handle. I'm not trying to respond to how annoyed I might be that I've said this and they've disobeyed me. I need to keep laying down the law, keep saying, this is what, this mm. is the authority. You cannot <laughs> disobey against us. You can't dishonor your father and your mother. Remind them of that commandment. And I really come down hard upon deliberate disobedience of authority. I think of it as a spiritual stronghold you're allowing into your home. When when the parents lose heart and they think, oh gosh, they're just not obeying. They just don't do anything. You've got to fight for obedience. It's so crucial yes, because it's... once that authority is undermined, so much else goes. And the children know they're pushing those boundaries, desperate. <laughs> How can I get some get some of that authority? How can I undermine it? Yeah. And so you've got to be self-controlled in, in your wisdom and, and not allow that kind of subversion of authority anyway and by the way it's interesting i i, I agree with all of that two two little sub points that just occurred to mm. me as you as you said that and these yeah. actually apply to both both uh, mums mm. and dads i think but it's again the way it applies to fathers it's slightly mm. different um i think your point there about the discipline i think there's an important thing for guys for dads to be interruptible you know it can be very yeah. tempting particularly if you if you've got a setup you know lots of people listening to this mm. both parents work but if you've got a setup like say mine or yours where one one where it's the guy who's working and the woman is working full-time uh you know in my case you know we do the homeschooling thing something i've had to teach myself is to go like you say there is to go you cannot lock yourself away and go dad's dad's too busy now you have to carry that responsibility yeah. and go, no i'm willing to be yes. interruptible and not just for the discipline as well if yeah. something else happens yes. you know it's been a lesson yes. to me that something wonderful happens yes. and my kids want to tell me Absolutely. and to go the mm. door has to be willing to mm. be to be open and then the other thing about the way as well that someone taught me once that's really important too there's also there's part of good use of authority is being willing to be vulnerable when you make a mistake that's an important thing in leadership yeah. generally it's also important mm-hmm. to think of leadership in the home so if you do set a boundary and you make a mistake and it, and it goes mm-hmm. badly wrong as a mm-hmm. great modeling to your kids to be willing to go i'm sorry i got that wrong mm-hmm. and equally when mm-hmm. you know the spouses perhaps you disagree and have an argument and you model parenting badly to children mm. there's something very powerful in being willing to go yeah mum and dad got that one wrong sorry um and also by the way apologizing in front of your spouse is important too in relation yeah. to that for your kids to see yeah. that models mm. all of those things right moving and, on that's yeah. two down and, and just what well, a tiny foot oh, no, it won't take long there's a tiny foot on it just to remind just because i haven't mentioned but note to my foot i think when we think when we think of judging wisely in the fatherly authority think of god the father think of the garden think of the fact that he gives a wonderful garden um, to to enjoy, but he does give a boundary and he does say yes. this is um, not not and, and he punishes severely when that is disobeyed. So so you don't so it's not it's, it's fathers do need to be severe in discipline sometimes. So I'm not saying the boundaries be so worried about creating those those judgments that you don't make any judgments. You do have to make judgments. Fathers are judges of their home. And they need to be wise in how they do that. So that just means the balance of like working out the long, what is wisdom? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the first thing for a father to be judged wisely is to be godly and to be under the authority of your father in heaven. And out of that will flow your good, righteous authority that you can wield in the home. It's when you actually don't act in gratitude and godliness to your heavenly father, that you're likely to make the worst judgments in out of the flesh uh, as a father in your home. So go on, on, on to your number two. Good stuff. No, no, this is this is this is good. So my my second one then on uh, on my list, uh, I put down spiritual leadership and direction. Spiritual leadership and mm. direction. So mm. we had a podcast. Oh gosh, 
a year ago, if not longer, we did one on family worship. At Cedarwood. Yeah. At Cedarwood. We did a live one at Cedarwood Festival. And I was interested. I was quite intrigued by the amount of feedback we got on that. I think people, you know, being quite intrigued by that and encouraged mm. by that. I think, mm. I think I certainly recall, I can't remember what you, everything you said, but I can remember sharing in that, mm. that, you know, I had no idea about family worship and how to do it and what it looked like. Mm. And I learned from others. I mean, so I'm very grateful to seeing that modeled. And now that's a big mm. part of the, the spiritual rhythm in our house. But one of the things I've had to learn is going, I think it's part of the responsibility of the father to be the one driving that. Doesn't mean yeah. you're the one doing it all the time. So we, you know, our pattern in our house, we talked about this on that episode, is, is pretty simple. You know, we sing a song or two, we have a devotional book that we're working through, and we've got some great resources uh, that we, we found are plugged into. And then we pray. And, you know, some days I'll lead that, some days Astrid will lead that. But I have realized actually, it often comes, it's, I think it's part of my responsibility to ensure it happens. Because mm. like every family, life is busy. You know, something happens, the morning goes off in the way you hadn't planned. And if you're not careful, yeah. it's always the spiritual component that gets squeezed out or in a rush, you've got to get out the door. And uh, yeah. I think it's part of the responsibility of the father as the spiritual head yeah. of the home to be the one of going, okay, no, we've got to sit down together, uh, you know, get yes. folks around the table yes. and do this. This is important. Um, mm. And when your kids mm. see that happening. And one of the mistakes that can happen, I think, if you're not careful um, there's that temptation as guys to not do that and leave it to our mm. wives. And then what happens mm. if you're not careful? I think kids grow up thinking, oh, spirituality is a female thing. It's for women yeah, to do Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And one yeah. of the reasons, not the only one, but one of the reasons why there is a gender disparity in our churches, that we have more women in churches than, than guys. I think a lot of guys have been mm. raised where they saw, you know, dad wasn't spiritually engaged. And so yeah, therefore, yeah. You know, that sets that template mm. up. And, and as we're yeah, trying to be role models to our, yeah. to our family. So, yeah, so spirit, yeah. to be the spiritual yeah. head of the family, but particularly working that out in terms of ensuring that there yeah. is some kind of spiritual rhythm. And really encourage people who want to go deeper into that. Check out that podcast. There is no mm. one pattern. That's the great thing. You don't have to mm. do it a particular mm. way. Every yeah. family is different. Yeah. Um, we talked in that episode a year or so ago about the, the, some of the wonderful mm. different pattern structures, resources there mm. are out there. Mm. If you're listening to this thinking, I'd love to do that with my family, where do I start? Mm. That's fantastic. Really, really good. And actually, just also to encourage fathers not to be not to be scared of making it serious, because you might be like a more f- fun, chilled out dad. Like I think I, I like to think I'm quite fun and chilled out about stuff. Um, but again, knowing as Andy, as you say, Andy, really important that you then say this. No, this is important. And I, I think it's really hard because you want to play games and board games, and everything. And sometimes we're thinking, oh, I, I can do that sometimes, even though I really believe in family worship and, and all the stuff we said on that episode a year or so, a year ago, there are still days when you'll be, other things happen, oh, it's too late. I don't want to be legalistic. don't want to make arbitrary rules, so let's just go in. But actually, I think the long-term benefit will be my father virtually never forsook family worship. I mean, mm. that would be an amazing testimony. If, if you can make it work, and it doesn't mean you then have to have this 45-minute extravaganza, but it does mean you do something. It might just be a five minute thing. It might be as simple as saying, everyone stop, sit around the table, be quiet. I'm going to read the word of God. I'm going to read a Psalm and we're going to pray. And it took you five minutes, but that five minutes still puts another little notch in reminding them that yes. everything that we do as a household, everything is, is under God's authority and we're, and we're acknowledging him in it. You don't, you might not even know what you're going to say about the Psalm. You might say nothing. You might literally read it and then pray, but you've read the word of God to them and you've prayed it's better to have that little and often than a mega yeah. hour and a half of wonderful time and then nothing for three weeks. It's really important to have the regular rhythm because then they're yeah. consistently brought before the word of God, just acknowledging right. God in your home. 
And I love that. I love, really that I love that metaphor yeah. of the little notches. I think one thing we, we're learning mm. in terms of family spirituality is you say, don't try and have massive, great, crazy plans about I'll do this big stuff and, mm. and it will be dramatic. Yeah. Just constant drip, 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 building mm. up, setting patterns. Mm. And the other thing, actually, I don't think I said in that episode a year ago that I think we've really learned as well is we've now got you know, range of resources that we'll use. So we've got, uh, you know, this devotional mm-hmm. book we're using at the minute that's brilliant. That takes about 15 minutes. Sometimes family life, we don't have 15 minutes, but we've got other things that we can yank off the shelf. Uh, we've got a great mm-hmm. devotional, an American pastor called mm-hmm. Louis Giglio, uh, Giglio based around science nature stuff that my kids yeah. love. There's a oh, brilliant, yeah, yeah. there's a three-minute devotion. How great is our God, is it? Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's the one. And that's great because that's yeah. okay. We've only got a short yeah. time, but we'll do something and we'll grab that. Uh, and so finding mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. things is great. So anyway, that's my second one. Over to you for your second oh, one. Oh dear! Oh dear! Um, okay, is- so the the second one is um, to set and maintain borders, boundaries, and that does relate to my the judge wisely, which was my first one. And but I think I think of that both metaphorically and literally. So in literal sense, fathers, you even Andy, it's interesting, demonstrated this in the literal sense. You have a, you set up a security system. Um, I presume you said that it might it might be the mothers can do that as well, but I think it should be the responsibility of a father to then, in terms of wanting to protect their children, to protect their family, protect their wife, that they know what the borders are and they know how intruders can get in. So, in a very physical sense, you do need that. And I'm moving, having just moved into a new house, I'm conscious of that and needing to know what are the boundaries. So, yes, yesterday afternoon, I was exploring out the back, at, at the back of our house there's a bit of extra land which is ours the small like about another 10 feet because it was just used as a dump tip over the fence and i don't know what the boundary of our actual back of our garden is because it's full of thick very thick brambles and uh you know um thorns and thistles that have like stems which are like the thickness of a baby's arm they were like like ginormous if this these things haven't been touched for like 20 years or something um so just unbelievable kind of stuff there so i'm hacking my way through in order to get to the border because i want to know where the boundary is and uh and i'm wanting to explore and see right what is what is happening here what's going on there's a woods there's a woodland area behind there like where does that go who who, who could get in I'm, I'm conscious of wanting to know where the boundaries and borders are and i think that's good it can that can be read negatively and go oh that's you wanting to shut people in, but really it's just a fatherly duty to protect. Where are the borders? That's a physical sense, but then there's also a sense, obviously, um, spiritually and in, in terms of influence on your children. So, are you protecting the boundaries in the sense of what they're watching online? Are you, are you managing the influences in their life, the people even that they're hanging out with? I think we can get this very muddled as, as Christian parents because we can say, oh, "I'm so worried that my child would be a, a Pharisee. Um, I'm not going to let them." Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to kind of be overly policey about who they hang out with. Well, why? Like, like it's not like. Of course, you want to teach them to be evangelistic and to be missional and to love those who are not like you. That's really important. You don't want to just hang around with the same kind of people. That's a, there is a tension, but I also think you should be really clear and, and unashamed about the fact that you want to say if someone's a really bad influence on your child, you do have a duty as a parent to not allow that influence to grow. You know, I've had. Uh, siblings, um, where that was the case. And my older brother, he probably won't mind me saying this, as a young child, way before we were, any of us were Christians, he was often looking up to people above him and they were negative influences on him. And um, and probably there should have been more parental stepping in to go, um, that isn't good, we're going to do stuff. And I'm, sure, I'm sure my parents did do that. But in reality, I think it's that presence and, and, and being around and going, right, I'm going to, from a very early age, go, right, there are borders 
on, on, on things here. So it's setting and maintaining <coughs> borders and boundaries, spiritually, uh, influentially in your life, and, and even physically, protection as well. So you're, you're number two. That was, that, that was excellent. So, and I'm glad I put a list of five things up because you knocked out two of my list. Because I, oh, I had protection. That's why I had five items. So I had a, I had protection and I had boundaries. And I do, and I, I think the way you brought those together is helpful. Because similar to you, I was thinking sometimes when we think of protection, we think physically. And I think I'm in a very obvious, you know, example of how mm. men and women are different. Is if you're, you know, husband and wife lying in bed at night and they hear a window break downstairs, a possible burglar mm. coming in. Who is the one whose mm. duty it is to go downstairs? I think very, very mm. few men would be sitting there going, well, really my job is to poke, poke my wife in the ribs and go, uh, honey, could you go down and sort the burglar out? Um, you know, <laughs> that, that aspect of physical protection does fall onto, onto guys. But also I love the fact, yes, the, 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 the bigger, wider uh, protection. Mm. And actually I'd also equally extend that and into the whole question of education. And again, we've done episodes on education, um, home education mm. versus what you do if your kids are in the secular uh, arena too. I think mm. part of a father's job is to be watching what your kids are being taught and to be aware of mm. that and be and be conscious of that. Now that's mm. not to exclude mm. uh, wives from that that process. I mean just looping very back to what you said at the start about mm. authority mm. and I mentioned in the, in the previous episode I'm working through Nancy Piercy's book on masculinity which is excellent. She's got some great mm. stuff in there on authority and lots of interviews with couples who are very positive about headship mm. but out of that comes when the marriage is operating normally Headship does not mean the husband is going around going, right, it's my way or the highway. That should very, very rarely, in a good marriage, there should not really be an occasion where the husband's defaulting to that and going, right, we're sorting out, it's my way. But actually, you still need that person who is steering the thing kind of forward, but doing it well and making sure everyone is, is listened to. Anyway... My last uh, just, uh, just a t- oh, Proverbs one eight. Just just a, a tiny footnote because that would give you a little footnote thing. to the footnote. So Proverbs one eight. Yeah, footnote to the footnote. Um, Hear my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. So it's not again. It's not my way or the highway. Um, the proverbs are a fatherly wisdom to a son in the in the whole. A mother's listen, it's, it's listen to your mother. It's like the, listen yes. to your father's instruction. Go listen to your mother. She's wise, and and she needs to and she needs to listen to her teaching. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not raising young misogynists who go, oh, I only care about fathers. Mothers are just there to kind of cook and clean and serve us. Right. It's actually. Yeah. I want you to listen to your mother's because she's wise. So yes, I'm the authority, but go and listen to your mother. As well. And by the way, without turning this into a general episode on parenting, I think the other lesson that we've learned is the importance when it comes to authority and discipline, backing one another up. Because if you try to be a very postmodern dad and go, oh, well, your mum said this, <laughs> I, I won't interfere. The kids are very yeah, good yeah. at going, all right, dad doesn't agree. Okay, this is mum and, uh, and actually yeah, dad's on my yeah. side or vice versa. You know, if the father, yes. uh, you know, makes a makes a ruling, and when it when there's a discipline issue, mm-hmm. and the wife again doesn't say anything or undermines it, that's mm-hmm. a disaster mm-hmm. in the house. And I think the yeah, absolutely. One as a couple absolutely. parenting together, and then yes. as you say, part of the the father's job is to go. If you if you know, my kids come running to me, go, "Mum said this." I go, "Well, I agree a hundred percent." Why why are you trying to draw a line between us? I I I know what yeah. happened. I agree with what she's done. Yeah. Last one then, because yeah. time. Time is, is against yeah. us because I need to go teach. Um, last one I put down, I mean, this covers a multitude of things, but I think the principle is the important thing, Aaron, and it's to be there's a massive job for fathers in being a role model to boys um, because mm-hmm. this comes down to the whole gender difference thing. You know, yes, but girls and boys will look to their father and to their mother, but boys will look more to their dad in terms of learning what does it mean to be a guy? How do I learn how to be a man? And to go, if the thing they see is just disengagement or 
you know, everything is the same, don't worry, there's no gender differences, be whatever you want to be. That's not progressive or liberating, it's not helpful, actually. And so I think there's something hugely important for, for, mm. for fathers in modeling what biblical masculinity looks like. What does it mean mm. to be strong, mm. to set those boundaries, yeah. to lead, but also yeah. to show compassion, to show strength, but to mm. show grace, uh, show gentleness mm. and kindness. Those are all fruits mm. of the spirit too. Guys, we don't get a free pass on those either. Um, yes. and that's crucial. Yeah. And again, the boy crisis that I've mentioned two, three times uh, mm-hmm. over the last couple mm-hmm. of episodes you know one of the big things that comes through there is i think the reason we have a crisis with young men is they don't have the, the role models they're looking for a role model mm-hmm. and they're not being provided mm-hmm. why is it that online we've got so many young men you know turning to people like you know jordan peterson or the soft on mm-hmm. the soft end or heaven forbid andrew mm-hmm. tate on the tough end these are young mm-hmm. men who are looking mm-hmm. for role models because they've got the absent father mm-hmm. So for dads, there's a crucial role in providing that role model. What does it look like to be a man? What does it look like to be a husband, Mm. a father? Talk about how girls will often, you know, look to the kind of guy they'll be attracted to based on their fathers. The flip side of that is boys, when it comes to future relationships, how are they going to model what it means to be a husband and a father? They're going to look at what Mm. their dad was like. So the role model Mm. piece. And, of course, that's spiritual too, right? I think of Paul writing, follow Mm. me as I follow Christ, and to yeah. the fathers, yeah, exactly. to our sons, follow me as I follow Christ. So role modeling. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's no, really good. And that kind of links into my third one, which was um, <clears throat> generous hearted. So fathers mm-hmm. are, so we judge wisely, we set, maintain boundaries, and we're generous hearted. Um, and that that's kind of, as you say, there's you're, you're modeling something. You're not just modeling yeah, strong masculinity, but strong masculinity is also to be gentle, so to know how to have your strength under control. You need to have strength. You need to be faithful. You need to be stern. You need to know how to set your face like flint uh, at the right moment. And then you, then your gentleness actually means something. If, you, if you're just saying, oh, I'm gentle, because Jesus says to be gentle, well, you're, you're actually just being cowardly because you can't be strong. And if you're strong, you can then actually choose to withhold that strength at the appropriate moment, but in wisdom and in love and in tenderness, uh, as is appropriate for a father to do. Fathers do need to be strong. The children need to know they're strong. And so it's a generous-hearted, so that all the stuff we're talking about, about, about borders, boundaries, influences, etc., judgments, discipline, it's done from a place of love. It's they know that you're for them. They know that you love them. It's like when Jesus says, you know, Luke 11, I think it is, you know, the um, what, what even though even you who are who are evil fathers, who are imperfect fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. So so you know, what 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 kind of, you know, if, if your son asks you for a stone, uh, bread, you're going to give him a bit of stone. I mean, actually, my son does ask me for a stone sometimes. I need a rock to chuck it or something. Um, here's a piece of bread instead. <laughs> That'd probably be a worse thing to him. But you know, what, if, 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 if they, you are a father who wants to give good gifts to your children, your default is to say, I want to be lavish. I want to be the one who's actually not miserly. Yes, I'm less. I'm making wise judgments about how we use our money. Absolutely. That's wisdom. And you can't be kind of completely profligate and just deciding, oh, I'm just going to, you know, drain away all of our resources. You are a steward of of the God, the things that God's given you and the blessings. But He's also given you children as blessings, and you need to shower love upon them and be lavish to them in the way that God is lavish to us. In, in His in, in giving us, for example, going back to the garden, the full a full garden full of amazing fruits. That's God's generosity, and we should be grateful for. Yes, there is a tree you should not eat from, and there are borders. Um, and there are severe consequences when you undermine that. But the biggest problem is our lack of gratitude to God. And so I, I kind of want to show that my gratitude in God, I want that to overflow to my children in, in, in everything else. All the rules I might impose or all of the disciplines and judgments I might have to make, which they don't like, 
I want them to know that it's for their good, even though obviously they're not always going to understand that and I might not always do that perfectly. So you're you're not just creating rules and borders, you're actually expanding the borders of their own hearts as well. You're growing the capacity of their hearts, hmm. which features in like the fact that a father's got a, a bigger missional sense in mind than the mother should have. I don't think a, a mother should have the big missional plan for the family. I think that's very inappropriate. I think a father needs to know what the family's for, where are, we, where are we going, what's the mission of this family? That's what a head needs to do. You're the captain of the ship. You need to know where, they, where, they, where this thing is going. They might not always understand all the decisions you make, but you do need to have a, a sense of adventure. This is a mission. And, and that, it's all coming out of your lavish love and, and generosity of them. I, I had a wonderful... You know, it's quite a common thing, really, for dads to be the ones who then do, or should be the thing where, where dads are kind of the ones who are then, oh, let's go and buy ice cream, or let's do this. In fact, I heard a, a preacher, PJ Smythe, once say that in a parenting seminar many years ago, at a New Frontiers conference, saying, um, bursting in, I think he said, sometimes it's a good thing to go into your children's bedroom. Now, mothers listening to this will be horrified at this, right? Go in <laughs> at like nine o'clock and say, let's go out for ice cream. <laughs> And it makes no sense to the normal pattern of things. But it's kind of, there's an excitement to that. And I don't mean doing that all the time. I don't mean doing that arbitrarily. I just mean they need to know that you can surprise them with with good gifts and things that like don't always correspond to the norm. Which we, we're very good at, you know, we can maintain rules in households without and lose the whole plot. When the plot is we're supposed to be loving and generous and kind-hearted. So our children know that they are loved. They know that, that we're for them. And then when the discipline comes, it's harder for them to go, you just hate me. I've, you're such a horrible parent. You know, you, you just want to make my life miserable. Well, if you're showering them with, with love and lavish lavish things in, in appropriate ways and teaching them how to steward the things you're giving them well as well, um, then actually it, it, it stops that root of bitterness coming up, which can affect children for the rest of their life, well into their adult years, into their old age even. They can ha- harbour bitterness at how their parents withheld things from them. So don't be someone who withholds arbitrarily, but be someone who is generous-hearted in, in all that you do. Wow, love that too. So much I could say I could say there. And and I, I think the thing where that draws, the threads draw to an end for me Aaron is running through all of these is that as par- as fathers, we want to model God's parenthood and God's fatherhood to our children. Because as you described the, the generosity there, you know, the evangelist to me is that's the beautiful thing about the gospel. That, you know, God is a God who, yeah, he's a God of order. He's a God of justice. He's a God who does discipline us uh, for our good. But he's also God who the stuff that he lavishes on us, you know, the da- the daily blessings that we're surrounded with and don't often mm. realize. And then ultimately, of course, in the, mm. in the gospel, Romans 5 verse 8, I was preaching on among other passages last night. You know, God demonstrates his love for us and us in this while we were still sinners. Mm. Christ died for us. He could have done none of that. He could have gone, I've had it with you. You're all a miserable bunch of, you know, cretins, mm. but he doesn't. Mm. And, the, and there's something about the kindness and the generosity of God that we don't always mm. meditate on mm. enough. And the privilege of mm. then reflecting that into our relationships with our kids mm. is crucial. Well, I hope folk listening have found that helpful, whether you entirely agree or disagree or have your own list. I mean, you may be sitting here thinking, how can you not have said um, oh, there's that. much more to say. There's much more, much more yeah. to say. We've had to rush slightly because because Andy Bannister has to go and give a seminar. Andy's such a great speaker. You know, he's such a platform speaker. He's got to go and do his next gig. Well, I'm only addressing it's only green room. thirty people this lunchtime, but they'll be disappointed uh, if, if come. You know, do you get a green room. Have they given you? A, have they given you lots of snacks? No, no. There's no. There's no green room. But there's a. Lot, I'm, I'm staying with. Let's say a lot, in a lovely house overlooking the coast, and uh, they're a lovely bunch right. of people. Oh. 
up here and Lovely. Scottish hospitality on the West Coast is, 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 is a thing to behold. So they're feeding me so more than well, actually. I'm, I'm walking the mile down to the conference rather than taking the offer of a lift. It's like, it was a very healthy breakfast uh, on top of a really healthy piece of cake last night. So I need to go and, I need to go and burn some energy <laughs> off because modeling good physical care for ourselves to our Exactly. Back, hills, back to point number one. Well done. That's very good. One. Anyway, this has been... Hold of the Gaps, and uh, I've been Andy Manister. This has been Aaron Edwards uh, broadcasting again from a doorway, it must be said, but um, the lengths we go to yes. for this show. And we'll be back in a few weeks' time with another episode. And meanwhile, goodbye. Goodbye.